in the personal aspect. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, therefore originally Krishna is the source of everything, is the root. As the root of a tree maintains the whole tree, Krishna being the original root of all the things, maintains everything in this material manifestation. This is also confirmed in the Vedic literature, Kati Upanishad. Nityo nityanam chaitanas chaitananam ekovonam yovidadati kamaan. He is the prime eternal among all eternals. He is the supreme living entity of all living entities, and he alone is maintaining all life. One cannot do anything without intelligence. And Krishna also says that he is the root of all intelligence. Unless a person is intelligent, he cannot understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Vidhanam sarabhutanam vidhiparta sanatanam buddhi-buddhi-mutamasmi tejas tejas inamaham O son of Pritha, know that I am the original seed of all existences, the intelligence of the intelligent, and the prowess of all powerful men. <clears throat> As we know, the whole purpose of Bhagavad Gita is convinced us that Krishna is the source of everything. He's not only the controller of everything, but he's also the sonam bonum. He's the source of all unlimited beauty, unlimited knowledge, unlimited strength, unlimited wealth, unlimited fame, and unlimited renunciation. Therefore, he's called Krishna because he's all attractive. So the Bhagavad Gita is meant to convince us that everyone and everything is related to Krishna. He goes, Sarva Yona Shikuntiya, it should be known that all the entities have their source of birth in me, in Brahman, and that I am the seed-giving father. This is the Sarvayona Shikuntiya Morti Yaksambhavantiya Tasad Brahma Mahadyonir Ahambija Pradapita. This is the very beginning of, let's uh, read the 15th chapter. Does anyone know what the uh, chapter that's from? Three modes. Sarva Yonishi Kundiya Morti Aksambhavanti. Fifteen. Fourteen. Yes. To be understood that all species of life, Hosanakundi, are made possible by birth in this material nature, and that I am the seed giving father. Devotional service begins with accepting the four regular principles. No meat eating, no fish, no eggs, no intoxication, no gambling, no illicit sex. Because the actual enemy of the living entity is lust, anger, and greed. Because lust, anger, and greed 
are the causes of delusion. And as long as we're deluded, then we forget who we are and we lose our intelligence and then we're sure to act in such a way to become further and further entangled in the material conception of life. Therefore, there has to be some positive, something to, positive goal. If there's no positive goal, then people can only control their senses for some time. If they have nothing substitute for lust, anger, and greed, then they'll be forced to act according to lust, anger, greed in the future, however much they may control their senses temporarily. That all living entities are forced to act helplessly according to the three modes of material nature, and therefore no one can refrain from doing something, not even for a moment. So unless we get something positive, then we have to go work in the material energy. Unless we're working in the spiritual energy, then we'll have to work in the material energy. There's no in between. So Krishna is trying to point out that everything we see around us is controlled by him. There's no way of going around it. So what we see as the what we uh, modern society which is becoming more and more degraded, more and more confused, people are becoming more and more frustrated, the leaders are becoming more obviously misleaders. But this is people are just getting their karma. It's all arranged by Krishna. And simply by going out with signs and protesting, it won't make any difference. The only difference is that people stop acting according to lust, anger, and greed, and do something positive. If they gave up lust, anger, and greed, which is not, really not possible without Krishna consciousness, then they get less reactions in the future. But they won't give up lust, anger, and greed because they have nothing to substitute it for. Previously, people could follow Varnashram and act dutifully because they got reciprocation. Rain would come, and when the rain would come, then they, the food would come. they get nice food. There weren't any factories so they could breathe the air. The water was pure. Ordinary people, they didn't have any reason to try to exploit each other so much because there was nothing to get. Now people are in the, the delusion that they have something to obtain which they don't have. People, just like they have this day called uh, Black Friday in America. They don't have it here, I'm sure. They have it here. It's a really Black Friday, that's for sure. It's a really dark day. <laughs> People kill each other, <laughs> literally, to get a, a, a toothbrush that was just on sale, which, by the trick of advertisement, they doubled the price the week before and then put it on sale. <laughs> And people imagine they're getting some kind of bargain. And they'll kill each other for it. Because they think there's something to gain in the material world by getting more and more material resources. Because they're 
And this has been deeply ingrained in everyone's heart. Anyone who's been brought up in modern society from childhood, they've been, if they had a brain, it would be washed. But probably said, there's nothing to wash. <laughs> you need a brain to wash. But they've more or less been brainwashed into thinking that the goal of life is to get money and then try to enjoy the senses as much as possible. They have no conception or idea how little they're actually gratifying their senses, how little gratification there is. Therefore, everyone is always hungry all the time. Hungry for something to eat, hunger, hungry to go to sleep, hunger for sex, hunger for security. Everyone's always hungry. And no one is ever really satisfied. And that's all because the source of satisfaction is Krishna, and the more that one goes away from that, the less and less one will become satisfied. Instead of softening the heart, the heart is becoming, the people's hearts are becoming harder and harder as they compete with each other, as material nature limits the resources because people are sin, sinful. Just like when Prithu Maharaj was here, there were no grains. They knew his father was a sinful demon, and because he was a sinful demon, he stopped sacrifice. And because he sac stopped sacrifice, the earth was not producing food grains, and people were going hungry. So Prithu Maharaj threatened the earth, if you don't produce food grains, I'm going to kill you. He didn't say, my dear earth, maybe you had some psychological problems. Mm -hmm. maybe. Let me see. Did, you, did your mother beat you when you were a child? Is that why you don't give grains anymore? No, he said, if you don't give grains, I'll just take my sword and I'm going to cut you in half. So the earth countered, but these people are sinful. Why should I give them grains? So that's the point. When people are sinful, then they, we see what's going on in society. We may lament about it, but the only remedy is that people have to perform devotional service. There is no other remedy. And so we should understand the, the basic principles. Krishna is the source of everything. And whatever is going on is not going on by accident. It's going on because Krishna is either giving people the intelligence to perform devotional service because that's what they want, or he's giving them the intelligence how to go to hell. From the people who are protesting to the people who are trying to put down the protests, they're all just, of course, there has to be some order in society. But as we can see, due to the lack of knowledge, therefore, it doesn't matter how much force you use, people are still are crazy uncontrolled, unsatisfied. And there's people who think they're right, but everyone is actually wrong, because none of them are for Krishna. They're simply following the dictation of their senses, and the result of that is that their senses will simply dictate more. And they'll find themselves in more and more difficulty. As the age goes on, unless people become enlightened and find out what their actual goal of life is, and start, instead of performing activities to gratify their senses without any other aim of life, 
perform activities to become conscious of Krishna. Then those activities will actually cool down the unrestricted desire for useless sense gratification. It's like people think the greatest disaster is that the sports stopped. Or they can't fly around in planes anymore because they have nothing to do. All their television shows are about sports and people flying around in planes. And when they watch it, it doesn't mean they're not inspired anymore because they can't do it. But even these people who are flying around in planes, doing sports, whatever other things that they're doing, they're never satisfied either. If your team wins, then you're in ecstasy. And if your team loses, then you're depressed for three years. <laughs> you got to see a psychiatrist who also has to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> Therefore, the aim of life should be understood and we should understand who's actually controlling everything so we know who to take shelter of. That's intelligence. And if people think everything came out of nothing, then their lives will be nothing. And if we think everything came out of Krishna, then our lives will have some meaning. So even if Krishna didn't exist, still the Hare Krishna movement is the only movement really with a clear meaning in life, a clear goal to obtain Krishna. Other religions, they have some conception, but it's not very clear. Go to the kingdom of God, what's going to happen when you get there? No one knows. No one even knows what you're going to do there. But at least we have some idea of what the goal is. And we can achieve it even in this lifetime, or we can experience it as much as we desire to experience it, as much as we engage ourselves in fixing our mind upon Krishna, to that extent we actually get spiritual experience. And other people also, when they glorify God, they also get some experience because God is also there in the glorification and therefore they get some experience but they don't really know how to constantly keep in touch with Krishna. Therefore they go to church on Sunday and if they're a little organized they try to do something during the week. But it's not really clear who they're really concentrating their minds on. If they concentrate their minds upon Jesus, for instance, it's not exactly the most ecstatic contemplation that he's died for us. Contemplating a guru being tortured is not exactly <laughs> the most ecstatic contemplation. And other religions also, although there's some conception of God, it's not so clear, and therefore their determination, their conviction, their willingness to give up sinful activities is also not there. Therefore, Prabhupada used to tell people that Christians, that if you're a Christian, then why don't you follow Jesus? He said, thou shalt not kill. And if you don't believe that, then you don't believe Jesus. So if you're killing, then where is there any 
opportunity to understand that you're a soul and that everyone else is a soul. If you don't understand everyone's a soul, then what are you? That you're going to die and your bones are going to be resurrected? <laughs> it's like there's one religion where they have Jesus Christ and the family is in heaven. And if father is there, grandmother is there, grandfather is there, children are there, everyone's there, and, and Jesus is at the head, and they're having a big feast, and everyone's happy, except for the poor turkey, because it has its, a knife in its back. So this kind of conception is not even logical. And therefore we can see, in spite of all so-called people belonging to religious organizations, the world is still becoming more and more degraded all the time. Therefore, the solution is we should accept Krishna as being the source of everything and do what Krishna, find out what Krishna wants us to do and do that and then we'll be doing something auspicious with our lives. Otherwise, the trauma evi kevalam it's just a waste of time. And that takes intelligence, so we should avoid doing things or thinking about things or speaking things that will take our intelligence away, our spiritual intelligence away. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Any questions, comments? I was, many times I was wondering how these um, sinful activities of society, people in uh, community, um, is um, affecting the government leaders. So, if how come, if they so is it that so that if they act sinfully, they get such leaders, or yeah, of course. How, what's the law? I mean, yeah, that's the way it works. Of course. People not only have sinful credits, they also have a few pious credits left. So people take birth in certain places and they use up their pious credits, especially if they're not doing any pious activities, then they're just using up their pious credits. And if they're doing sinful activities, they're accumulating sinful credits. And then they get, in this life, or maybe and certainly in future lives, they get the reactions. So people in the civilized countries so-called civilized, which are actually Naradamas for the most part, they're all sinful, are just using up whatever pious credits they had from their past lives. And when that runs out, then we can see what's happening in a place like America. People just become animals. And animals, they don't know, they so-called democracy, they choose a leader who's simply a bigger animal than they are. They give their energy to buy products and people accumulate it because in Kali Yuga there's only the cheaters and the cheated. So people who are expert at cheating with a little intelligence, they cheat all these shudras and the shudras give all their energy and the, and the leaders, they utilize it to suppress and exploit the shudras. Well, people with intelligence, they just manipulate everything and keep the shooters happy by entertainment and, and frivolous 
sports, frivolous movies, frivolous activities, and just their whole idea is just control and exploit. That's their gratification. So-called leaders who are actually blind, simply bigger versions, Swavitra Hosra Karar, some Stuta Purusha Parshu, yet Karma Patiopeta, Jata Karma Gadagraja. Men who are like hogs, dogs, camels, and asses, they glorify the bigger hogs, car dogs, camels, and asses, but they never glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, if you're an animal, then the bigger animals are, are your leader. Yes? Where does this begin? Isn't it so that uh, a leader should lead the people? So, if the leader is sinful, they, he will like um, commercialize, uh, let us say so, sinful activities. But if leader would be um, pious, would also people, I don't know, at least be... You know, like Yudhisthira Maharaj, he was pious, so the kingdom was pious. But they're not going to elect a pious leader. They don't want a pious leader. Pious leader will spoil their... Because they're sinful. They want sinful activities. They want to be cheated. They want entertainment. They think this is life. Illicit sex, meat-eating, gambling, intoxication. They live for that. Probably said, Professor... Oh, that Ernst... What was his name? That... Uh, the one whose prophet godbrother met in England, Lord Jettison. He asked, because he was a you know, relatively pious Englishman who was the governor of West Bengal, so he asked Prabhupada's godbrother when he was in England, can you make me a Brahmin? And the devotee said, Prabhupada's godbrother said, yes, no problem. We just have to follow four principles. No illicit sex, no gambling, no meat-eating, no intoxication. And he said, impossible. So bro said, here is a learned person, here is a aristocratic person, but he can't follow these principles. Or when Prabhupada was talking to one uh, social worker in Australia, and probably mentioned the four regular principles. He said, what's wrong with sex? He said, me and my wife, we like it. We enjoy it, so what's wrong with it? <laughs> probably was not impressed by him very much. <laughs> he said, I can't, I, can't, I can't put your philosophy into practice because I'm the servant of the people. And probably said, we're also the people, so you're a servant, so you should put it into practice. These people have no brains. They have no. They're just instruments for other people who are trying to exploit for exploitation. And because you know, meat eating, gambling, illicit sex, intoxication for a materialist, that's their happiness. They're not going to give it up. And because they're covered, and they have no. They have no intelligence. They're not trained. Only some of them are going to be attracted to Krishna consciousness, and that's going to depend upon the purity and the spiritual power of our society. Otherwise, these people have no, they're just bound by the 
materialistic senses, unbridled senses, it says. And they're bound to go, punak, what does that say? Adanta gobira vishitam tamizram, punak punascharvata charunanam. The unbridled senses, they're being forced to chew the chewed. That's all they know. And the bigger they have, the more they can exploit, then the more they're addicted. They think they're enjoying more than everyone else, but they're actually just sinking into the mode of ignorance even faster. Unrestricted in, in sex life, intoxication, whatever. Anything else? Okay, thank you very much. Grantaraj Bhagavad Gita Kijai, Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Gaur Pramananda.